1: Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. This is a very special extra edition of week one locks that's right because we've just got a a loaded expanded slate uh it is not bloated it is loaded because we're hitting you with five games and so we're going to be doing it like this we're recording here on tuesday and so for you the great listeners who love these locks we will be going through our locks and some game previews and discussions for the Thursday and the Friday slate, then on Thursday morning, when you're used to just getting those uh, beautiful, shiny locks delivered right to your podcast device, they will be coming in, focusing on Saturday, and then the game on Sunday night uh, between Oklahoma and Houston, and the game on Monday night between Notre Dame and Louisville, joined as always by Barton Simmons, Tom Frunelli. Uh, Gentlemen, it's Tuesday morning. We're two days away from uh, from the week ones uh, getting out there. How are we feeling?
2: Uh, I, I I'm I feel like last year I just had this laundry list of picks. I don't know what uh I don't know whether it's the slate or what, but I, I've I'm 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 wading a little slowly more slowly into the pond this year.
1: I've got upwards of five locks for Thursday and Friday. Four definites, maybe a fifth. We'll see how I'm feeling. Wow.
0: Yeah, I've I've got five and uh and and a few like taggers like if I want you know, like maybe I've got one play on one game and and I could easily tag on uh, like if it's a over a total play I've maybe got a, a lean on the the winner against the spread and and vice versa so um it, we'll we'll work our way through all all the games of note it is uh Barton you shouldn't feel like it's a little bit light because we're not going to be uh, picking any of the FCS games and while there are like I think 16 14 games on Thursday night eight games on uh Friday so I guess 22 in total out of this pool uh, a lot of these are the the Fbs FCS games that you know if 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 your local establishment or if your uh overseas book uh, allows you to to get in on some action that's a that's that is it that's a that's a rough rapid to try and wade uh, if you ask me. Like we on our expert picks for CBSports.com, which you can find up on cbsports.com, uh, when we're always having to pick those games at like 45 and a half. That's that's a life you don't want to be living on a on a Thursday or a Friday. Well, why not? <laughs> it's too too much too many variables. Too you don't know <laughs> if it's going to be a 10 minute fourth quarter or if both head coaches are going to agree to a running clock. These things, <laughs> these things could get out of hand real quickly.
1: Just, just give us the check and let us get out of here.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, y'all ready? To lock it up.
2: Yep. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming.
0: Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock
2: it up. You want these locks? I'm I'm, I'm living and dying every every point, every cover. Okay, we're going to
0: begin our conversation with the number one team in the country. Uh, The Clemson Tigers are going to be opening up at home, uh, you know, touching Howard's Rock, running down the hill, Georgia Tech's in town, their annual cross-division rival from the ACC Coastal, the new head coach, Jeff Collins. You know the everything about Clemson that you've heard about on this podcast is is absolutely at play. Our uh, line here is thirty six. Our over under is set for sixty. Gentlemen, does anybody have a lock on this game?
2: No, not me.
0: Nah. Oh, no. huh, nice. Okay. Well, this is the beginning <laughs> of a long list of plays, and it. This this might be the um like I've met with my advisor and I think that we're just gonna have to put in this system and let it cook and we'll see how it goes we'll reevaluate of course uh, once we get into the season but the the principal plays here are just gonna be almost blind not totally blind but almost blind Clemson unders um the I understand that with all the 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 many offensive weapons that you have with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Ross and T Higgins and Travis Etienne and uh you know we've like true freshman uh is are we Ngata or are we Nada? Yeah. Ngata? Ngata, I believe Yeah Joseph Ngata who's just like Davita. That's that <laughs> he's he is going to be a dude who's going to show up on Thursday night but all that being said, I think that even with the turnover, this is still a really, really good defense, and I just see there being a lot of games where, while the point spread is like thirty-six, you know, Dabo doesn't, D- Dabo doesn't read me like the kind of coach that wants to pulverize Jeff Collins here in his first game with the Yellow Jackets. Now, it's it's not that he's a nice head coach, but I've just sort of seen uh, as a as a. As a little bit of a habit for for Dabo Sweeney and for this Clemson team, you know they'll get out there and they'll be perfectly fine just running the ball. I don't really feel like this is a a step on your throats team that's going to be putting up a lot of like uh, putting up 50 plus on the scoreboard week in
2: and week out. Wait a out. minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Chip. Are you telling me as as you explain this? Are you telling me that a principal? That you are going to be riding this year is playing unders in Clemson games. Yes. Wow. And it's, I can't say that my advisor is is in agreement with your advisor.
0: I I think well, that they are good on defense, and I think that they can score when they want to, and they are going to be. Uh, I th- I think they're going to be happy winning some games like thirty five to 10, 42 to seven. I don't. I just I don't see us being able to get to 56 and 60 on a consistent basis.
1: When it comes to advisors, Chip, I have to remind you that you went to North Carolina. (laughs) Academic advisors. (laughs) I don't know if your advisors are trustworthy or not, or if they're just, you know, doing the work for you.
0: Um, No, the the poor work that I did at the University of North Carolina was all me, 100%. Um, yeah. So yeah. All right. There we go. Locking it up. Clemson under 60 and we'll reevaluate the system moving forward. But I, I believe that I'm putting in a 2019 principle here in the first quarter of the season uh, to, to see if Clemson unders are going to hit with the idea that um, there's going to be a will and a desire to just run these numbers up because of the explosiveness of Clemson's offense. And I just think the way that Clemson's going to end up playing these games out. We're not going to end up hitting 56 to 60 on a regular basis.
1: Uh, some I don't have any plays. I don't mind it at all, but ju- just some trends for the listeners. Uh Clemson is eight and two against the spread in their last 10 games, including six and one in their last seven games against the ACC. The over is three Oh and one in Georgia tech's last four road games, but on chip side, the under is 12-13-1 in Clemson's last 16 home games, as well as 11-5-1 in Clemson's last 17 conference games. And as far as the meetings between these two, the favorite has covered you know, three of the last four. There was one push, and of course, Clemson has been the favorite each and every time, as Georgia Tech is 0 3 0-4-1 against the spread in their last five games against Clemson.
2: I, I just, I think this Clemson team... Is gonna be not quite as dominant last year as, as last year's defense. I'm not in this game. I think the only play I would be tempted by would be Georgia Tech, but I'm there's no chance I'm playing Georgia Tech no. without seeing it. Um, I but I I am more inclined to believe that over the course of the year, Clemson will be hitting overs more than unders because I think the defense. Not a huge step back. They'll still be a an elite, top tier defense, but I do think it will be not quite as dominant. I do think there will be games where they are uh, lose a little interest in the second half, and I think their offense is going to be able to score every single time they touch it on just about every team they play if they want to. So I'm that's why I was a little surprised to hear you think saying you know unders will be the the trend. Um, because I I could see the the opposite, but we'll I guess we'll this will be a good good litmus test this weekend.
0: I'm in a wild headspace. I've had to double down and triple down on USC and Auburn in the last two weeks, Barton. It's it's, <laughs> it's everything will be reevaluated once we get these games started. Thank goodness these games are about to start. Um, okay, well we've the other big headliners are. Cincinnati, UCLA. Uh, you know, I don't. Anybody got a, a holy war? Utah, BYU play. Um, table, tables open. Who wants it?
1: I, I've got a lock for each game. Okay. Uh, I'll start with. I'm locking up UCLA plus two and a half at Cincinnati.
0: Lock agreement. Proceed. Lock unity. Yes. Boom. Yes. Yes. And lock unity one
1: and O on the season, so good signs. About to go two and O in my opinion. I it's just it's it's a combination of factors for me. It's first of all, I, I still think that UCLA is probably a more talented team. I know that Cincinnati beat it in, in Brentwood last year, but I feel like. UCLA is a team that should improve this year, and I also feel like Cincinnati was a team that played, you know, its record, I think, was a lot better than the team itself actually was. They went 11-2. Uh, if you look at advanced metrics like S&P Plus, they were actually the number 50 team in the nation at the end of the year, even with the 11-2 record. And if you go through their schedule, they had that UCLA win, but UCLA finished 3-9. and nine. So their best win was either a 35 and 23 win over a South Florida team that lost its last six games of the year to finish seven and six, or it was the 35 to 31 win over a Virginia Tech team that finished six and seven. So I think Cincinnati was a good team last year. I think Cincinnati might be a better team this year. It's just they're not going 11 and two, and I don't think they're going to win on Saturday. I'm taking UCLA and the points, but if you wanted to go with the Bruins and the money line, I don't think that's a bad play either.
2: Yeah. So I I think that this is, this is to me like a misconception of what these two teams are. Um, You look at the record of Cincinnati, you look at the record of UCLA, you look at the game last year, and I guess this points to Cincinnati being a better team, despite the brand. Um, But I think it's important to put last year's game in the context of what it was. Last year's game was the first game of a year zero with UCLA where they were totally rebuilding the culture, totally rebuilding the offensive line, totally sort of weeding out who really wanted to be there. They were playing Wilton Spade at quarterback uh, to start the game at least. Uh, they Then they had to play a uh, true freshman. Like, it was just a... There was a lot of factors involved there that where, where you can say like that's not you can't just transport that UCLA team to this year and say uh, you know little bit better version. Like I think it's this is a UCLA team that is a significantly better version a t- uh, team uh, than last year. They they returned ten starters on defense. They returned nine starters on offense. They this is a program. I think the, the one thing you can trust right now with UCLA or I, I guess there's no reason to trust it yet. The one thing I do trust is that this is a program that will be developed. And I think you're going to see dramatic improvements in the product year over year. So I think UCLA is going to be a lot better. Um, I think they're, they're have a, a quarterback that will be more experienced, more comfortable in the offense. They've got a run game. They didn't have week one last year behind Josh Kelly. Um, They've and and I think that their offensive line is is rebuilt. Second you know, conversely on the on the Cincinnati side, you know, they bring back a lot, like they bring back the sort of the big names, the Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, uh, Michael Warren at running back, like these guys that the skill players, the flash players. What they don't bring back is Cortez Broughton, Marquise Copeland, Kamani Fitz. Three really, really good defensive linemen. Uh, Broughton and Copeland were, I think, two of like the one of the better group of five duos on the defensive line out there, um, and so I think UCLA will be able to take advantage of that, um, and 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 I think UCLA wins this game, and and in some ways I kind of like the fact that it's on the road, and you know it's first week of the season. You're going across the country. There's, you know, they lost this game last year. There's some heightened importance to this. The, you know, you know that Cincinnati environment is going to be strong, and I think that that can sort of feed into this UCLA team as well. So there's a lot of reasons why I think this is uh, this is UCLA play.
0: Absolutely, and like Tom said, if if you want to dance out on that money line, I don't hate it either, Uh, especially like at this and we We are clearly not the only ones uh, who who share this belief because what? maybe a week ago this thing was out at three, three and a half. So um, mm-hmm. as you're listening to this on Tuesday, go ahead and uh, contact your contact your favorite uh, legal sports book so that you can go ahead and uh, and get in on that before it it drops anymore because if it's a this thing comes down to a 2 point conversion or if it's 23 21 you want to be able to have that two in a hook uh in your favor. Barton.
1: Also okay. oh, I was gonna say, also, so far of all the Thursday games this is the game that's received the most action at the books and while 47% of the tickets are on UCLA 61% of the money is so.
2: Mm. Like it. Like it. Barton, uh what you got for Thursday? Well, that was my one. That is the Whoa. one play that I'm Whoa. definitely Whoa. playing. There's a couple more that I'm that I'm messing around with. So I would I, I'll cede the floor to one of you guys that has a few more plays, and then I'll see if I work up the courage to add to my plate.
1: I I have two more Thursday plays.
0: Okay, Holy War under.
1: Uh no, oh. I was considering it, but instead I said screw it. I'm just taking Utah minus five.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick. That's a I really mean, good the under, pick.
1: The under is a very very solid play in this series. It's it typically works very well. It's eight and two in the last ten meetings in Provo. Um, but I like. I just think that you know Barton's got me hyped up on Utah. What can I say? All <laughs> season, all preseason long, listening to Barton talk up the Utes, talk him up, and I've got him winning the South. I'm just I'm fully bought in. I'm fully on board. I think that last year's team was a good team, a solid team, also a young team that returns a lot of the players that mattered on that squad are back. And I think going up against BYU in the opener, I like BYU, and I think BYU is going to be a bowl team, but they've also, I don't think they're quite at what Utah is right now. And not surprisingly, the road team has covered four of the last five games in this series, but going against that trend is the fact that the underdog is actually 16-5 and against the spread in the last 21. So I'm going against that. I just think Utah's the better team. I think Utah, especially to start the season, you're a little more worried about it simply because we as we saw in Florida Miami, things can get weird in the very first game of the year. So who knows what's going to happen, but I just think that in a vacuum, if I look at these two teams, this is a game that Utah's winning by a touchdown. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a it's going to be a close. It'll probably be lower scoring. It's just I think that totals kind of a little too low to trust it. But I just think that in the end Utah wins by touchdown so if I can get him at minus 5 and that that's what I'm going to do.
2: I am terrified of this game as a <laughs> as a proud Utah Ute. I am <laughs> I am I am scared to death about this game. I think in like so much so that I'm almost if that line was if this line was like 7 I would probably just straight up just play BYU plus the points. I think, like, this is a lo- to me this is a losable game for Utah. Um, I I still think Utah could be. I think I still think Utah wins the Pac-12. I still think they, they could go eleven and one. I think this could be the one loss of the twelve. Like I, I'm just um, with it being a rivalry, being on the road. BYU is they. I mean BYU has got a absolute. Uh, murderer's Row coming up uh, early in the season. This now, now the one reason, the one thing that I'm a little bit, um, the, the reason I do kind of like Utah here is just that there's, it, it seems like BYU's a little depleted. Like I got I think I've read that like their secondary is, uh, the numbers are depleted a little bit. They they, you know, are they going to be full speed, full strength for this thing? I I don't know. I I'm just. I just think that this is going to, like, this is one of those games. Like, when you just look at the, I mean, just look at the series over the last, I mean, Utah is consistently better, but this game's always close. Right. Even last year, I mean, BYU was up 27 to 7, and and Utah came back and won. Um, So, this is not a reflection of me having sort of cold feet last minute before the season starts about Utah. This is just sort of a game I've, I've, I've had circled that I was worried about for a while, um, but you know, all that said, I mean, it's pretty, pretty easy for me to envision Utah covering five points. Uh, I'm just, I'm just scared of it.
0: Um, I, I, I rushed way too early to stake out uh, a BYU plus five and a half position, and I hate it right now. So the lock that I am submitting to, you know, the the place where you know I really. So submit my most confident picks here here on this podcast uh, my lock is going to be the under and I'm uh, I'm getting it in at 47 and what I envision is um, even if all for all the rivalry reasons BYU shows up and plays over its head because I totally agree Utah is the better team I I still don't know how BYU is going to have an effective offense against this Utah defensive line. And I feel like it is just going to be so disruptive that, yeah, Utah might win by seven points. They probably should win by about seven points, but I feel like it's going to come down to 20 to 10 or like 20 to 13. Even though 47 is low, I just – it doesn't feel like this is going to be the kind of game where we're going to see – uh Uh, we're not going to see a bunch of explosive plays. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of missed assignments. And ultimately, I just don't think BYU is going to be able to put together long extended drives against this Utah defense. So give me BYU. Give me the Utah BYU under 47.
1: Chip, I love you. And I want you to know that 48 is available at both William Hill and Bovada. I will take it at 48. There you go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, I actually was that in my uh on my list of of options of candidates to play the under in this game was was what i was closest to taking um but again i got scared off by just this game being crazy enough like i could just see broken plays and um wild you know just kind of freak stuff going on so i i'm i'm just going to let you guys battle on this one
0: uh, any other is anybody gonna touch Tulane FIU? Hi. ha, yes, yes, come on, James Morgan, James Morgan, James Morgan.
1: I am taking my first under of the week under fifty seven and oh. a half <laughs> in Florida International and Tulane. And it's just, I mean, it mostly relies on the fact that neither of these teams is in a hurry. last year if if you look at plays per game that they ran, uh, Florida International was like six percent under the league or FBS average, and while Tulane wasn't that far underneath, they they were also under under because you know this is, these are two teams that run a lot, and while Willie Fritz isn't straight up running an option like we saw from his days, you know at, at Georgia Southern, it's somewhat of a it's still an option offense. It's just a little more pass oriented, but they still run more than they do anything else. So I just look at this game and I see, you know, a good, a good FIU defense. I think that'll be able to limit Tulane. I like James Morgan, but I don't think FIU is ever going to be in a hurry, especially on the road. I think they're going to want to keep things, you know, calm and controlled as underdogs, even though I think maybe they should be favored, but I don't want to make that lock. I, I like FIU to win. So again, If there's a money line there that you like, I don't hate it either, but I'm much more comfortable with the under just because I don't think we're going to see that many plays in this game.
2: That uh, I really, this is a game I I really like. Uh, I'm 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 excited to watch it, Um, and I I kind of thought about is there a side I like, and I just couldn't figure out a side because I I just really like both these teams. I think they're both really good teams. Uh, That. Is probably the way to go. Is the under if you want to play. Like I, I, that's that is tempting. Just hearing hearing that come out of your mouth, that sounded pretty.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> do y'all get uh, ACC Network yet?
0: Nope. Barton.
2: Uh, yes, I do get ACC Network on my YouTube TV that I'm in the midst of uh, transitioning to.
0: Oh. That's, I, I wonder if that's going to end up being what happens to me on Thursday. The uh, It's a slow rollout of the ACC network here in the Carolinas. My region won't be getting it. I will be getting it, but I won't be getting it until September 6th. Oops. So we'll be live blogging the Game Tracker on Thursday night.
1: <laughs> my, my local <laughs> provider has not picked up the ACC network yet. Yeah. So uh and honestly I don't blame it because there's probably not a whole lot of need for it. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Uh,
0: well, I mean just wait until Duke basketball starts in October. Then Chicago will, will want to look out for its native son Mike Šiševski.
1: Barton, make sure I want to know if you, when you're doing YouTube TV, I want to know about the delay.
2: Yeah, I was getting Silverstein our our uh, esteemed editor was was acting like it was going to be this um, major delay that I was, was going to be kind of untenable because of the Twitter stuff. There's really – like the delay f- so far, as far as I can tell, it's not bad. It's like – I don't know. Maybe it's like 10, 15 seconds. Maybe – I don't wow. know. Maybe I, I Like the Twitter experience has not been ruined for me. But maybe I'm just – yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe we're not in the heart of college football mm-hmm. season and so I don't – I haven't experienced it to its – fullest, but it hadn't been bad.
0: No, next time that you're challenged on that, just say that you watch college football game by watching the football, not by watching Twitter.
2: (laughs) That's that is true. That's the other thing. I was like, I don't know. Like who cares? Maybe I just don't need to tweet like every single thing.
0: Yeah, that's that that is uh. yeah. You you know how you watch college football games by watching the football game. Yeah, and and if you get it about 10 to 15 seconds late, I'm pretty sure you'll still be able to do your job fine. Um, All right, cool. Coming up on the other side, we will get into the Friday games next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. All right. I, Friday's Slate has less games, though I would argue that it's got some uh it's got some tasty ones. You know, where I think that my, you know, your rollout is your UCLA Cincinnati, you probably carry that into Clemson, Georgia Tech, FIU Tulane, into the Holy War, and then a lot of uh, you know, a lot of blowouts, probably or likely elsewhere. This is Things, things get a little bit fun on Friday uh, Barton uh, I, f- I feel like your your slates a little thin so you get to lead us in whatever direction you want for Friday's games
2: okay there is so yeah there are three games on Friday that I'm that I'm toying with so my light slate could easily get bulked up pretty quick if you guys get me all geared up um, I'm gonna start I think the one I feel most comfortable with is um, is the what do they call this rivalry? What's the Colorado Colorado State rivalry called? Anybody got that one? The <laughs> uh, high rivalry or something like that. Le- legal
1: pot and <laughs> something. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. It's uh. I'll look it up. You talk it up.
2: So, I mean, the last three years, um, Rocky Colorado, Mountain Showdown. What is it? Rocky Mountain Showdown. The Rocky Mountain Showdown. Okay. Rocky Mountain Showdown in Mile High Stadium. The last three years. Now, this number, I've got it at Colorado minus 13. The last three years, Colorado has covered that number by 37, 1, and 32 points. I think. If my math is right, might not be. But it, that, that's a lot. Those are some pretty smooth covers. Uh, this Colorado State team is I think they've got a good quarterback. That's about all I'm confident in with this Colorado State team. Their offensive line was a mess last year. It's got to be significantly improved for them to have a chance for for Colin Hill to, to have a good season and have a good game here. Colorado, to me, is one of the more slept-on teams in the country. Not slept-on in the sense they're going to go 9-3, and three. But I think everyone's got them penciled in for like three wins this year. And I think that this team is capable for significantly more than that. They've got Steven Montez, who to me is an upper-tier Pac-12 quarterback. They've got LaVisca Chenault, who we all know about, and they were 5-0 and last year with a healthy LaVisca Chenault. The wheels came off when he got injured. Um, they got Katie Nixon. They've got a, a, a sort of as a complimented receiver – I think I mean I, I don't know that I've I've got some sort of unwavering confidence that Mel Tucker and his staff are are home runs. I think that they've, you know, I just don't I think that's an unknown. But I think this team is still is still better than Colorado State to the point that this this shouldn't not be under two touchdowns. So I like uh another power five Name brand over the over the group of five uh, opponent this week. I'm gonna go Colorado, laying
1: thirteen. Mm. The favorite is three zero and one against the spread the last four years. Another trend though that our listeners might be interested, in, and I was certainly interested in though I couldn't pull the trigger on it. The under is ten and one the last eleven years between these two. But I'm not pulling the trigger on it because with you know the new coaching staff in place in Colorado. The Colorado State last year, you know, Mike Bobo was dealing with issues of his own. So I don't know how much that affected the team. So it's like there's a lot of unknowns. Plus, I'm always somewhat worried about unders when you got two teams like this who were both, you know, they they, they moved at a quick pace last season. They ran a lot of plays. But again, with 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 uh, Mel Tucker there, I don't know what Colorado's going to look like. So there's just too many unknowns for me to lock it up. But I do like the under if, if anybody's interested.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I've got no, no play there. Tom, take us where you want.
1: All right. Uh, How about an over? In Winston-Salem? I'm going, no. Oh. I'm going with the over 58 and a half in Purdue, Nevada. <laughs> I just think that this is a situation.
0: I just think that both of these teams are going to have some explosive plays <laughs> yes.
1: and they're not going to do a whole lot to stop the other. I mean, this is a Purdue defense that gave up 30 points a game. The reason Purdue didn't take a step forward last year was because in 2017, its defense was actually pretty good. 2018, it went backwards. So overall, Purdue wasn't really able to improve on their record from 2017 and Nevada, a very explosive offense and a defense that was better than you might've thought, but it still wasn't very good. So I like I like the odds of there being quite a few touchdowns. I think Purdue's definitely getting into maybe, you know, the 38-41 kind of territory, and I think Nevada can get into the 20s. So I, I like the over.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, nothing for me on that one. I think Purdue's an interesting team, and this is going to be telling, you know, I mean, this is – they got a – they got a tricky non-conference slate. They got Vanderbilt next week. They got I think TCU after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, you know, they need to be, they need to be improved this year um, to to just even have the same record as last year, and yeah. that could be. And then Nevada was N- Nevada, as I learned. He called on uh, Veep. Uh, Nevada was pretty good last year, surprisingly good. So this will be this will be a good test. Are we looking I'll go at this? Chicago,
1: at, I'll call it Nevada.
0: Are we looking at this at ten and a half right now?
1: Uh yeah, it's ten and a half most places, though it is at eleven at some shops.
0: I don't hate taking the uh, taking the Wolf Pack at home. Not that, and not like, not in a specific look-ahead spot. But you just mentioned the just sort of what's what's ahead for Purdue. Um, I I wouldn't hate the idea that if you're getting more than 10, just to uh, take Nevada to be able to, you know, maybe they're scoring late. Maybe they get jump on top of them a little bit early with a fast start. I I could see them hanging around in this game. I just, I am, I'm wary of this year's Purdue team and I don't know why. So I'm fascinated. Like you said, Barton, I think that tuning in to CBS Sports Network, the mothership will be, uh, will be very revealing for what we can think about Purdue and where they stand in the Big Ten West uh, among that jumble of, uh, you know, everybody, all seven teams that are capable of winning the division from Adrian Martinez and the Cornhuskers all the way down to Brandon Peters and
1: Illinois. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I will say, I don't know how many of our listeners do it, but if you're playing college football, DFS... If you're playing the Friday night slate, I think you should probably just spend up on Rondell Moore. He's going to be worth the price.
0: Three over under uh, two and a half touchdowns for Rondell Moore.
1: I am I would say under, but I wouldn't be surprised by the over. I just think he's going to have a ton of catches and a ton of yards. Yeah. Barton?
2: On that play, or are you asking me what my next play is here?
0: No, I'm asking on two and a half touchdowns, Rondell Moore against Nevada.
2: I'll take under. How about – I'll take – my prop will be Milton Wright with over a half touchdown. He's going to be the guy. He's the true freshman, big body receiver. He's going to be the guy that benefits from the Rondell Moore attention this year.
0: That's right. That's right. Nice. Nice. I will. I'll take over, and I'll take over on Rondell Moore too. We're ask, We're trying to get Tom to uh, an overplay here, so everybody gets a touchdown. Woo! I'm taking us to Winston Salem, where
2: we've got uh, Utah State. Take St- me there, Chip. I want to hear what you got to say about this one, because this is this is a this is on my uh, this is on my uh, in the batter's box on deck. I'm I'm thinking about pulling the trigger. So so convince me.
0: Well, it starts with number one. Uh, Utah state team led by Jordan love an offense that can get up there and score some points. It is also uh, an acknowledgement of the, the new world wake forest that sort of Dave Clawson has has crafted that we've seen in the, the last year, maybe year and a half. Uh, I guess it really sort of started in John Walford's senior year and, and continued into last season where, Man, Wake plays fast. Wake plays really, really fast. And so, you know, Jamie Newman is probably not the better quarterback, but he's certainly a capable quarterback. Sam Hartman, I could definitely see him seeing the field as well. Sage Surratt, the wide receiver for Wake Forest, you know, breakout season a year ago. Uh, His brother Chaz, the former North Carolina quarterback, will be the starting linebacker for North Carolina uh, against South Carolina. And so... I, I just see this being a really really fun uh, up and down game between a, a very good Group of Five offense and an Wake team that, while defensively they uh, were able to shore some things up after making the coordinator change in the middle of the season and you know you know saying Bassie like there are still as we've seen from Wake in the recent years there's still some really good playmakers. In that secondary, I just feel like the the way that this game, the flow of this game, is going to be hot. You know, a hot Friday night in Winston Salem. Just I I, I got a I got basketball game type feels. we're seeing the spread at three and a half. I think that we could easily get uh, both of these teams up into the thirties. Maybe even catch ourselves a little forty two thirty five type game. And so uh, I'm going to be going over for Wake Forest and Utah State.
2: What's the number you're going over? 62 and a half. So one thing just to note here, um, the, this is obviously we got a, a coaching change at Utah State, and they were going uh, at mock speed under Matt Wells, and uh, this is going to be a Mike Sanford offense I'd imagine they're still not scared to to play with pace, but he is a little more. He's got a little more. Um, you know, he's got a Boise background. Uh, was it? You know, he's he's a little more of a pro style guy. So, you know, but I, I still. I mean, I would imagine they're going to want to utilize Jordan Love as much as possible. I mean, my 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 lean here. And I gotta decide if I'm gonna play this. My lean here is wake, um, because Utah State, as good as they were last year, they lost everybody on offense. Um, only, but but I mean the problem, like the reason that's I'm 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 hesitant is the one guy coming back is an NFL quarterback. Right. That's. I mean, I think
0: Jordan Love might be the best player on the field, and when the best player on the field is a quarterback, I'm like ah.
2: Right. 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 That scares me a little bit. But I mean, also, you know, just if we're, I mean, I think that Dave Clausen is probably a better coach than Gary Anderson. I think, (laughs) you know, I think that they're looking for a, I mean, that was a little bit of a disappointment. I feel like that, like, Wake Forest is restless about how things went last year. And I think they'll be. I would imagine this has been a pretty focused off season for that program. Um, you know, they changed defensive coordinators and seem to f- have found something they like with Lyle Hemphill. Uh, Jamie Newman lost the starting job to Sam Hartman last year. And at least the start of the season beats him out this year. Like that to me tells me there's, healthy competition and improvement um, so I don't know just okay I'm just gonna play it yeah just <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go wake minus three and a half uh, I look Dave Clason typically doesn't let me down so I'm I'm, I'm I'm counting on him taking care of me in this one as well
1: Chip, you mentioned earlier when giving your over that Wake moves really fast. The Demon Deacons averaged 82.08 plays per game last season. There was only one team that ran more. Do you know who it was? Texas Tech. Utah State probably. Nope. Uh, Texas Tech was fourth. Utah State was down the list, actually. I can't find them right now. But no, the number one team was East Carolina. (laughs) Because their defense was never on the field for very long and not for good reasons
0: (laughs) yeah oh my goodness um yeah i like wake like worked itself into this form where now it's like uh it it's this just moves at this breakneck speed and and it's not all you know passing we've got our uh we got Cade carney coming back i think for yet another season and so they'll uh I, i could see as as many you know, pop pass, uh, seam routes that could end up being big touchdowns. I feel like I could also see, uh, see a couple of, you know, just inside zones turning into, a uh, 45 yard touchdown runs. And, and again, I'm feeling, feeling, got basketball game feels, uh, from Wake Forest, Utah State. Uh, all right. Who's, uh, who wants to come get it?
1: All right. I got one left. It was one that I was leaving on the fringe, but screw it. I'm taking Rice plus 21 and a half at Army.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And the simple reason for it is that I think Army's going to win this game, but I have a really difficult time trusting an option offense to cover over three touchdowns simply with the style that Army plays. The the over-under in this game is 48 So that would imply that, you know, they're going to score about 35 points, which Army definitely could. It's just, I don't, I'm not taking Army as a three touchdown favorite. This is like a principle. (laughs) That's really all it comes down to. It's, that's, that's, I didn't want to lock it up because I didn't really have any set whatever behind it, but no, screw it. The principle is enough. Army's a three touchdown favorite. I'm taking Rice.
0: (sighs) Wait, hold on. Barton, you've got an in. Do you, do you still have Rice feels? We I think I, I think I think last year you had some rice fields.
2: Well, I think I as I stopped by rice last year during the the uh summer. So I had a little bit of uh I had a little bit of you know rice intel um I've not stopped by rice this off season. I mean this is like this is a rice talk about as year, year 0. I mean trying to build like what was a spread team into like a Stanford power Bully ball is is going to take time, uh, so this is kind of a fun like week one matchup. Is two got two teams that just like to like to pound you um, or want to try to anyways. In Rice's case, so I, I don't know. I mean, this is that's why I was excited for the play because I I mean I don't have a I don't have a, a feel on it, but it's kind of a, a compelling matchup to me.
0: Barton, do you have anything else?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm, as as we've talked, I've warmed up to one more okay um let me make sure that's the last one i got yeah it is the last one i got all right so i i like tulsa plus 22 and a half i like uh, that so there's a few few things here that i'm 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 pointing to so first of all michigan state season openers all right i'm just going back to 2015 because that's as far as i've gone back all right
0: <laughs> Cause that's what's in the Phil Steele
2: (laughs) At at Western Michigan 37 to 24 They win okay In 2016 Furman At home They win 28 to 13 2017 Bowling Green We all know how bad Bowling Green has been Over the last couple years Uh 35 to 10 They win that one Uh Western Michigan in the game right after it. They won by 14 points last year, Utah state, no shame, but they almost lost to Utah state. Uh, I mean, they, they won at 38, 21, but that was a close game throughout. Um, I mean, even just further down the, in, in the season, um, central Michigan played them close 31, 20 central Michigan won like two games all year. Uh, Michigan state, this is what Michigan state does. They, I mean, they're, they typically haven't been all that impressive in these sort of games. Um, they play down to opponents. They play up to opponents. Tulsa is not telling us who their starting quarterback is. Uh, Seth Boomer is a guy that's got some experience there. He can run it a little bit. Uh, but he can't throw it all that well. Zach Smith, a transfer from Baylor, who has been a starter in his career, can't throw it a little bit. I think, I think that's probably who's going to be the starter. Philip Montgomery, one-time offensive coordinator at Baylor, is going to, I think, be a little more comfortable with someone that can chuck the ball downfield a little bit. But, uh, uh, Michigan State has played. Uh, a Baylor-style air raid before. Last time they did it, Philip Montgomery was the offensive coordinator in 2014, and he ticked off 41 points on them. Um, I think Michigan State's the better team. I think Tulsa is is still, you know, I mean, this is not going to be some upset alert, but I think that Tulsa will be able to get enough points, get a few big plays. Their defense, I think, is... um, is, is got some playmakers on it. Like Tulsa actually has some some dudes on defense that are, are pretty good players. So I just think twenty two and a half is uh, is enough for Tulsa to sneak in there and win one of these classic Michigan State early season ugly games.
1: Don't hate it. I'm good it. with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm
0: I'm not locking it up myself. That's not my final play. But the uh, I mean, it is it is truly shocking, Barton, to hear you jump on the other side of your beloved Michigan State Spartans. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey. Hey, Michigan State is not, like, they may figure out a way to win some games, but I have never been a proponent of them as a cover machine.
0: Michigan State I, says take your analytics and shove them as they come chasing you with a tire iron to try and figure out a way to win this game by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I was considering making locking up the same play, but it was just I feel like Michigan State fans feel like I've been piling on them for the last 13 months already anyway. So I didn't want to just jump on that one, too. You got to leave them alone for a little bit. <laughs> I got to let them calm down. They're, they're already really mad at me. I don't need any more angry people.
0: Okay. Uh, well, my final play of uh, our Thursday, Friday week one locks part one uh, tag teams with some of my uh, week one, one of my week one overreactions, because I am locking up. The UMass Minutemen plus 15 at Rutgers.
2: That line's been moving up too, I believe.
0: Well, then wait so that you can get as many points as you can get because Rutgers should not be more than a two-touchdown favorite against UMass.
2: Art Sitkowski's still the quarterback at Rutgers, right?
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I feel good about this.
1: (laughs) No more Andy Isabella, though. Rutgers should not be more than a
0: two-touchdown favorite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's it's just like my army principle: where option teams shouldn't be favored by three scores. Rutgers should it be favored by two.
0: No, no, definitely not, and and especially not for for game one of the Walt Bell era. I think I, th- I think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a fiery effort from the Minutemen. They're gonna they're gonna stand their ground, just like they stood their ground against tyranny and the king. <laughs> Let's go, UMass. Lock it this up. Covers for America. This cover is uh, for our freedom, founding fathers. Let's go. Um, all right. Any- Let Ben Franklin die in vain. <laughs> <laughs> any other locks?
2: That's uh, good. That's okay. It. That's that's more than I thought I'd have <laughs> for. A two a, for a Thursday slate for
0: twenty two games across two days. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there are like fourteen games with lines on these two days, and I've got five locked.
0: <laughs> 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 That's how it goes here at the beginning of the season. I was supposed to write like a, a three hundred word uh, post for a podcast yesterday, and it ended up being eight fifty. I was just so giddy about it. It's the first week <laughs> of the season.
1: Yeah, no, I was. When I did my uh, top 10 teams, the one that might finish unranked, Adam Silverstein, again, our editor, was like, hey, can you keep it shorter than you did last year? And I was like, yeah, sure. 2,500 words later. Whoops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just kind of lost control of the offense. Uh, all right, to review, Tom is on Utah minus five. He's on the under 57 and a half with FIU Tulane. He's on the over 58 and a half Purdue, Nevada. He's on Rice plus 21 and a half. And everyone is on UCLA plus two and a half. Barton. He is on, in addition to UCLA plus two and a half, he's on Colorado minus 13, Wake minus three and a half, and Tulsa plus 22 and a half. Chip, in addition to UCLA plus two and a half, taking the under 60 in Clemson, Georgia Tech, the under 48 in BYU, Utah, the over 62 and a half in Wake, Utah State, and the UMass Minutemen plus 15 in Piscataway against Rutgers. I like it. Gentlemen, it feels good. We will reconvene on Thursday morning to pick Saturday, Sunday, Monday for part two of the week one locks. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.